And, and even though it's not a super long series, I don't want you to underestimate the significance of what it is we're going to be talking about, because we're going to be looking at a topic which Jesus himself taught about. And it is a topic which is not super complicated for us to understand, but I think, at least personally for me, it's one of those topics that is unbelievably difficult to actually implement in our lives. And, and I don't know, for, for any of you who have been Christians for any length of time, you may have noticed that a lot of the things that Jesus says are not super difficult for us to understand, but they're often very difficult for us to actually do as followers of Jesus. This week, we are going to be talking about why we forgive, and next week, we are going to be talking about how we forgive. Now, when we talk about forgiveness, a lot of the time in church, what we're talking about is us asking God for forgiveness. We're talking about asking God to forgive our sins, to forgive the things that we do that don't honor him or are not healthy or hurt people in our lives. And, and that is what we would call vertical forgiveness, where we're talking to God and we're asking for forgiveness. This two-week-long series is not about or not focused specifically on vertical forgiveness. It's about forgiveness as it relates to the people that are in our lives, the relationships that we have in our lives. And I think this is probably a topic that most of us have at least some experience with because all of us at some point have done something which hurts or offends or harms someone else, either with our words or our actions. And the, and the flip side of that is in return, all of us have been hurt by the actions or the words of someone else. And, and this is a topic where there's a lot of advice out there on it. In fact, I would venture to guess that at some point, if you spend any length of time in church, you have probably already heard some kind of sermon or message on the topic of forgiveness. Uh, if you haven't, then at the very least, you've probably watched an Oprah or a Dr. Phil where the topic of forgiveness was discussed, or maybe you've read a book where they address the topic of forgiveness. It's something that we're likely familiar with. But today, what I want us to look at, what I want us to focus on, is what does Jesus himself say about forgiveness? We're going to look at the reason why we forgive. Now, when I was a kid, uh, one of the things that we liked to do on Saturday mornings was we would go to garage sales. Anybody like yard sales? A uh, couple people are, are waving at me. Um, if you're not in the practice of going to garage sales or yard sales, let me tell you why they're so incredible. Um, people will take items that they have purchased that they no longer want, and they will sell them either in front of their house or on their driveway or in their garage for literally pennies on the dollar. And if you're a parent and you have small children, I mean, this is the ticket on how you save money. I know that when we... As parents, my wife and I, we, some people really like garage sales. When our children were young, we would go and look for clothing at garage sales. We would go look for baby items at the garage sales because children grow so fast that you can often get something that was really only worn a handful of times for a fantastic price. Now, when I was a kid, though, when I went to garage sales, the last thing that I wanted to look at was clothing or dishes. I don't know. Every garage sale's got a lot of dishes. If you're in the market for some dishes, that's the place to go. But what I was looking for when we went to garage sales on Saturday mornings was I was looking for the toys. 
I was looking for the toys with the family whose children had maybe grown up and they were a little bit older than me and they were getting rid of their toys for literally pennies on the dollar. And uh, this, this may sound strange, but to this day, my children have some toys that they currently play with that I bought at garage sales when I was a kid. It's unbelievable what you can get at a garage sale and how cheap it is. On the flip side, too, uh, I should mention that it's also a great way to get rid of things that you don't want. People will come to your house, and they will give you money and take away the things that you no longer need or want. Garage sales are fantastic. When I was a kid and I was looking for toys at garage sales, I was looking always for that toy that probably I couldn't afford necessarily Uh, if it was something that I was to purchase brand new. And there was one Saturday morning when I was probably 11 or 12 years old where I hit the jackpot of items for a garage sale purchase as a kid. I found one of those race tracks, those slot car tracks where the cars travel on the track in like a figure eight and you have a little trigger that you can control the car with. Uh, How many people know what I'm talking about? Slot car race tracks. Okay, most of you. You can Google it after the service if you don't know what I'm talking about. I purchased a slot slot car racetrack at a garage sale for only a few dollars and I got this giant box home and I set it up in my room and lo and behold this thing worked like it was brand new. There was a couple different options for vehicles, all of the pieces clicked together and and I don't know if you're aware of this, if you've played with one of these before, but there's actually some skill involved in the driving. Uh, You can't just hold the trigger down for the car just to fly around the track as fast as possible. It will fly right off the track. You actually have to feather the accelerator a little bit as you hit the corners in order to keep your car on the track. And so uh, this is one of those racetracks where two people can race each other uh, against each other at the same time. Now, I have a younger sibling. And uh, when I brought this home, of course, uh, he was interested in my racetrack. And there were some times where we would play together or race together, but... I don't know how many of you are the older sibling, but I have to confess that I wasn't always super nice to my younger sibling. And sometimes, sometimes I wasn't nice to him and I didn't even have a reason not to be nice. And there was times where uh, in this particular situation, my younger sibling wanted to play with my slot car racetrack and I didn't have a good reason that he shouldn't be able to, but I said no anyway. Um, Mostly just to exercise the authority that I had at the older sibling. This was my toy that I had purchased with my money. It was in my room. And no, you may not play with it and get out and leave me alone. I don't want to talk to you right now. Now, I realize if you are the younger sibling in your household, this is probably bringing up some painful memories for you. But there were a lot of times where I was really not very kind, not very nice to my younger sibling. And there was one day where I came home and someone had gone into my room and completely destroyed my slot car racetrack. The parts were all over the place. The track pieces were bent. They were smashed. It looked as if somebody had gone into my room and then just repeatedly jumped on top of the racetrack, completely making it useless, no longer usable. I couldn't connect the track anymore. I had to throw the thing in the garbage because it was no longer usable. And to say that I was upset is maybe a little bit of an understatement. 
My 11 or 12-year-old brain at the time could not possibly comprehend the evil thing that had taken place, the injustice that had taken place for someone to come in and destroy my slot car racetrack and make it completely unusable. And I can say that it was one of the first times in my life where something had taken place and the reaction that I had was, I am not going to forgive. And that's what we are going to be looking at today. What happens when you and I are in situations where we don't want to forgive? And, and I mentioned before, there's so much advice when it comes to forgiveness. And, and I know a lot of people, the advice that, that we've received over time is, well, you just need to let that go. You just need to forgive and forget. And forgive and forget, that actually might be good advice in, in certain situations. I mean, if you and your spouse are trying to get out the door and you're in a rush and maybe there's some heated words that are exchanged or there's that tone of voice that maybe isn't quite so pleasant because you're nattering at each other as you're trying to get out the door, that might be a good occasion to forgive and forget. That's good advice. Um, how many of you have been in a situation where you're driving in traffic and there's that person who is very impatient and they completely cut you off and you have to slam on your brakes and maybe there's some gestures, some sign language that takes place between the two of you or some horn honking. I'm hoping that none of you are walking around carrying the burden or the regret from some sort of incident such as that. I'm hoping that in those situations, those minor things, you are able to forgive and forget. But there are situations where that's really not so easy to do. And I, I think that for many people here today, there have been places in your life where you had something happen to you that was a violation was an injustice, was a wrong that left you with significant wounds that you either have carried with you in the past or continue to carry with you as the result of the actions or words of someone else. I think for a lot of people, there are things that took place within our childhoods that have affected us continually throughout our entire lives, whether you grew up in an abusive home or there was someone who took advantage of you, perhaps a trusted adult. Children are so vulnerable and, and as a result, there are often unfortunate things, tragic things which take place during our childhood and they leave wounds that, and scars that we carry with us throughout our lives. For some of you, maybe, maybe there's been situations with a spouse, maybe where you were betrayed or they walked out on you or there was violence involved. And as a result of that relationship, of the things that took place, there are scars or there are wounds that you still carry with you. Maybe you were in a, a business partnership with somebody and they ended up taking away uh, the business from you by some sort of fraud or they, they ripped you off in some way or maybe, maybe you were swindled out of some money. Maybe there was a family member or someone that you trusted even who took that from you. I mean, there are so many different things that take place during our lives that leave us with a burden and in some cases a burden of unforgiveness and it's so difficult for us to actually let go and forgive. Now, some, some of you, as I started to talk about this and I started to give some of those examples, you're like, uh, not me. I, things are good. I, I haven't experienced that. And I, 
I don't want to be a pessimist, but the reality is, is that at some point in our lives, all of us face those situations or people where we are hurt or we are offended or where there is some kind of wound that takes place as a result of being in relationship with other people. It is part of the human condition. But I would venture to guess that for a lot of us here today, once I started talking about this, immediately there was a person, a scenario, a situation, an event, a period of time in your life, and you immediately, immediately began thinking about that because it's something that has affected you in your life at such a significant level that you carry it with you. And, and I, I think that it's important when we're talking, talking about a, a topic like this to acknowledge that. I think sometimes, especially within the church, we're quick to give out solutions we're quick to say, here's the answer, here's what you need to do, here's the steps, one, two, three, and everything's going to be okay. And we often don't take the time to recognize that if you are carrying deep hurt and wounds with you, if you are carrying anger or bitterness or unforgiveness, there's a reason. There's a reason. There's something terrible that has taken place that has affected you in that way. And I don't want to go through this message today without acknowledging that without a, a recognizing the significance or the seriousness of whatever type of violation or injustice you may have experienced. And so I, I think the, the question really that it begins to come down to for, for me and for us today is what happens when I don't want to forgive? What happens when I've received all the best advice and it's still difficult for me to let go of what has happened. What happens when the violation or the injustice or the wrong which occurred is so significant and so serious that that person does not deserve my forgiveness and I don't want to forgive them? And in some cases, I think it's almost like we refuse to let those things go and we it's like we're carrying around a cloak and we wrap ourselves in it and we we almost enjoy the bitterness to a certain extent we feel some level of comfort in it because it feels weak if we were to actually forgive that person it feels like we're letting them get away with it if we were actually to forgive that person and so we wrap it around ourselves and we carry it with us and even though it's a burden there's some part of us that simply does not want to let it go that person doesn't deserve my forgiveness and I'm not gonna forgive them and so what do we do when we're in that situation where either it's difficult for us to let it go, we don't want to forgive, or we're simply refusing to because we don't want to let go of whatever it is that we're carrying with us. And today, what I want us to do is look at what Jesus says about forgiveness. And if you have a Bible or you have a smartphone with a Bible app on it, I would like you to turn with me to the book of Matthew. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 6. We're going to start in verse 9. And we're also going to put it up on the screen for you. I'm going to be reading out of the New 
Living Translation. This is Jesus speaking, and Jesus says this. He says, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need. And forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Now, this might be a passage of Scripture that you have read before, but I'm going to venture that if you haven't read it before, you have at least heard it at some point, because this is the Lord's Prayer, and it is perhaps the most famous prayer that we have recorded for us in Scripture, and might even be one of the most famous prayers that has ever been prayed in the history of the world. It's Jesus teaching His disciples how to pray. And, and right before he, he talks about this actual prayer, right before he shares this model of prayer, the Lord's Prayer, he talks about some other aspects of prayer. He talks about how when we pray, we're not to pray in front of other people in order to receive accolades and look like we're more spiritual or, spiritual or holy than anybody else. He talks about how when we pray, we're to go uh, in somewhere private, just between us and God, and we are to pray by ourselves. And he says that God rewards us when we do that. He also says that we're not to babble on and on and on and repeat ourselves over and over again in some kind of effort to get God to listen to us because, Jesus points out, God knows what we need before we even begin to pray. So we don't have to try and convince God. We don't have to try and use spiritual-sounding language. We can simply talk to God because He already knows what we need. And then he goes through this model prayer, the Lord's Prayer, and right in the middle of the Lord's Prayer, there's a line where we ask God for the forgiveness of our sins. Some translations use the word our debts, where we ask God for, the give, for forgiveness of our trespasses, our sins. And tied in directly with that is another line. And I don't want you to miss it. Because Jesus says that we are to ask God for forgiveness as we have forgiven those who sin against us. Take note that there is an underlining assumption here that we are asking God to forgive us for our sins in the same way that we have already forgiven those sin against us. I, I don't want you to miss the significance of this church. This, this is Jesus teaching us. Jesus, the Son of God, the Savior of the world, teaching about prayer. And right in the middle of the model that he gives us as his followers, he talks about forgiveness, but not only in the context of us asking God to forgive our sins, but expands it to include us already having forgiven, already forgiven those who have sinned against us. But, but he, doesn't, he doesn't actually stop there. In fact, if we go on to the next two verses, in verse 14 and 15, Jesus says, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse 
if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. Oh, wow. Um, there isn't any other part of the Lord's Prayer that Jesus felt the need to clarify for his listeners. There isn't any other part of the Lord's Prayer that he goes back and he's like, let me explain what I meant when I said this, except for on the issue of forgiveness. Jesus doubles down here and he says, if you forgive those who sin against you, God will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, God will not forgive you. Oh, wow, this is, this is a big deal. Because what we're talking about here has eternal consequences. I'm a sinner. I need God's grace and mercy in my life. And I know that I need God's forgiveness. I know that I need God's mercy and grace. I know that I want to receive God's forgiveness. But there's a caveat here that Jesus says very, very clearly. There's no ambiguity to what Jesus is saying here. It's not really open for interpretation. You can read it in the Greek. You can read it in the Aramaic. You can read it in every English translation that we have available. There is no mistaking what Jesus is saying here. It's very, very clear. Jesus is saying, if I don't forgive others, if I refuse, that God won't forgive me. And, and it's interesting here because the word refuse in this context denotes a choice that we're making. Jesus doesn't say, if you forget to forgive others, if you forget, God won't forgive you. If you neglect, if you just accidentally don't forgive somebody, God won't forgive you. No, he says, if you make a choice, if you make a conscious decision that you are not going to forgive, then God won't forgive you. And, and let me make this really clear, church. I am not commanding you to do anything. I don't have the authority to tell you what to do. I'm a fellow follower of Jesus. These are not my words. These are the words of Jesus. The only people in this room that have to do what I say is my children. Sorry, guys. The rest of you aren't under any obligation to listen to me at all. But as followers of Jesus, he is commanding you to forgive. And there's, there's, no, there's no way to misinterpret what he's saying here. And I, I want that to sink in today, that the big answer to our big question, the reason why we are to forgive, especially in those situations where we don't want to, where the other person doesn't deserve our forgiveness, where, where the sin, the wrongdoing that's been committed against us is significant and serious, and we carry those wounds still, is because Jesus, the Savior of the world, commands us to forgive. The reason that you and I forgive is because we are forgiven and we are commanded to forgive. Now, are there other benefits to forgiveness? 
Absolutely there are. I'm sure we have all heard or read the quote that says unforgiveness is like drinking poison and then expecting the other person to die. We've all heard that. We know that there is a therapeutic benefit to no longer carrying the weight of bitterness and unforgiveness in our hearts. We know that. And yet, I know for many of us, we still choose to hang on to the bitterness. We know that it's better for us, and we choose to hang on to it anyway. And the answer to the question why we forgive as followers of Jesus is because Jesus tells us, if we don't, that God will not forgive us. And I don't know about you, church, but I need God's forgiveness. I need God's mercy. I need God's grace in my life. But I also want to highlight something else that's, that is super important. And that is that there is something that Jesus didn't say here. When Jesus is commanding us to forgive, forgiveness isn't the same thing as trust. It's not. It's not the same thing as trust. And Jesus doesn't say, forgive and then trust that person that has harmed you fully. If someone were to hurt one of my children, God forbid, in a serious way, I hope, by God's grace, that I would be able to forgive that person. But I would never, never, ever, 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 ever trust that person again. And I think one of the mistakes historically that we have made inside the church, and I don't mean Eastside City Church specifically, I mean the big C church, the global church, is we have confused the issue of forgiveness with the issue of trust. And those are two separate issues. When I make a conscious choice to forgive and I'm releasing myself from the burden, from the anger, from, from the weight that I carry around due to that burden of unforgiveness, and I make that conscious choice by God's grace to forgive someone else, that is a completely different thing from trusting that person or that individual again. And let me also just add on to this, that Forgiveness is not the same as pretending something bad didn't happen. Forgiveness is not the same as suppressing those feelings and, and just trying to, to shove them away somewhere and hope that they don't come back. That's called denial. That's not forgiveness. Denial and forgiveness are not the same thing. Trust and forgiveness are not the same thing. Pretending that something bad didn't happen and forgiveness are not the same thing. And I don't want to confuse what we're talking about here today. But I hope that as followers of Jesus, as people who want to follow Jesus, who have entrusted him with our internal salvation, that we would be people that heed the words that he spoke to his followers when he taught them that forgiveness is not optional in the Christian life. And I can tell you, church, that there are things that have taken place in my own life where I have had to wrestle with this. There are, are things that took place when I was a child that I have had to work through, that I've had to make a conscious choice to forgive people, 
because of what took place. And there are things that have happened since I was an adult which have ripple effects that have affected my entire family to an incredibly difficult degree. I was talking with someone recently and I realized that I needed to make that choice yet again to forgive someone because as I was talking with this person, I blurted out, I hope that that person burns in hell. And the person I was talking to was like, oh, weren't you a pastor? And I realize this is a choice that I have to make, not just one time, but often those things that have deeply affected us, that wound us, where the wrong or the violation or the injustice that's taken place is significant enough that it's not just a one-time choice that we make, but a decision that we have to make on a regular basis to say, God, I choose to forgive this person. I choose to let go of this situation. God, I'm asking for your healing in my heart. God, I'm asking for your help in letting this go. God, I know what your word says about forgiveness. Would you help me? Would would you empower me by your Holy Spirit to forgive as you call me to forgive because I want to obey you. And there may be many people here today who are in the same situation where you need to make that choice again to forgive, not to forget, not to pretend it didn't happen, but to make that choice in your heart that you are going to honor God and what he calls you to do as his follower in forgiving someone else. And I don't want you to miss next week. We are going to be talking about on a practical level what the Bible says about how we actually do that. But for today, I want, I want to pray for us. I would like to invite uh, the ministry team uh, to come forward, the prayer teams. And I'd like every, everyone else just for us to bow our heads and close our eyes. I know that this is a pretty heavy topic for many of us. But I am so grateful for the God that we serve who is able to help us in our weakness, who is able to heal us of those wounds. And today, if there is unforgiveness, if there is bitterness, if there is anger and resentment that you've been holding on to, or maybe a situation where you need once again to make that choice to forgive, I'm just between you and the Lord. Well, every head is bowed and every eye is closed. Would you raise your hand? just between you and God and say, I am making that choice once again today to forgive. Father, for every hand that's raised, God, would your Holy Spirit come and minister? Lord, I know that we need your help. We need your strength in our weakness to forgive, to be people who extend forgiveness, God, even, even when the other person doesn't deserve it even when the wounds are deep, even when, God, there's still pain that we're working through. God, we make a choice today to forgive. And God, would you empower 
every person here, God, who's in that situation by your Holy Spirit. And Father, I pray a blessing on every person that's in this room right now, God, that as we go from this place, Lord, that we would go full of your Holy Spirit, God. That we would be people who acknowledge you in every area of our lives. And as we go throughout our week, God, that we would see your favor, your blessing go before us. God, I pray that you would continue to heal us, to strengthen us, God, to mold us into the people that you've called us to be. And we thank you, God, for your presence in our lives. We thank you that Jesus died on the cross for our sin and rose again so that we can have relationship with you. And we celebrate that today, God. We're so grateful for your mercy, for your forgiveness in our lives. And Father, today we look to you and we acknowledge, Lord, our need of you. I pray these things in Jesus' mighty name. Church, would you stand with me? I bless you in the mighty name of Jesus. I hope that you have an absolutely incredible week. If you would like prayer for anything, anything that we talked about today, anything that God is stirring on your heart, or maybe you would like to pray with someone about accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If there's anything that you would like prayer for, the folks here at the front would love to pray with you and to minister to you and to join with you in prayer. So I bless you today as you go. Thank you for being here, and we hope that you have a wonderful week.